You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Dear Saints, for the last four weeks, the last four weeks of Easter, We've been hearing from John 16, listening to Jesus there as he gives his farewell discourse to the disciples and as he outlines for them the benefit of his going away, his dying and his rising and his ascending into heaven. And that's our benefit as well. We considered three weeks ago the gift of the Easter gift of joy. And then two weeks ago, the Easter gift of the Holy Spirit. Last week, you heard of the benefit of prayer and how Jesus carries our prayers to the Father. But we come at last to the very first words of Jesus. Jesus is saying in this whole section, Dear friends, look, all that happens to me is good for you. I will be killed, I will be raised, I will ascend to heaven, and all of this is for your good. But when we come to the gospel text appointed for today, we we have to pause because the words there are a bit stunning. Jesus says, I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think that he is offering a service to God. And they'll do these things because they have not known the Father or me. I have said these things to you that when that hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. Now, we say when we hear these words, wait a minute, Jesus. I thought all these things that you were telling us were for our good, that, that, that we were to rejoice in your resurrection and ascension because it's for our benefit. And now you're telling us that we're going to be kicked out of the synagogue, that we're going to be killed, and that the people who kill us will think that they're worshiping God in the very act of murdering us? Dear saints, I suspect that of, out of all the things that Jesus told his disciples, on this night, the night before, when he was betrayed, the night before his crucifixion, that of all of the things that Jesus says to them, John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, out of all of these words, that these are the words that they remembered. This little paragraph is the one that stuck with them. You're going to die. <laughs> and remember where Jesus finds the disciples on the first Easter? That afternoon? huddled in the upper room behind a locked door. Why? Because they were afraid, afraid of the Pharisees, afraid of the chief priests, afraid that the same thing that happened to Jesus was going to happen to them. And when Jesus finds them a week later, he finds them in the same condition, afraid. Perhaps they're remembering these words. The hour is coming. When whoever kills you will think he's offering a service to God. But this we must know, this death, this killing of Christians, is what happens when the name of Jesus is spoken. It's what what happens when the cross is preached. The devil always sets his kingdom against the kingdom of God. And the reason why Christians are killed is because of what they say. It's because of their testimony that's given to them. 
Here are the first few verses of our gospel text, which are the last two verses of John chapter 15. Jesus says, when the helper comes, remember that's the word paraclete, the one who testifies to you. When the paraclete, when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me, and you also will bear witness, because you've been with me from the beginning. And this is why the disciples, the apostles, are killed. Because they bear witness to Jesus. The Greek word for witness, I can't remember if we talked about this or not, so excuse me if I did. You can tune out for the next minute or so, but the Greek word for witness is the word martyreo. It's where we get the word martyr from. And we think of martyr and we think of people who died for the faith, right? People who laid down their lives because they were Christians. But that's not really what it means. All it really means is to give an eyewitness. If you were living in the ancient Roman Empire and you were called to court to be, you know, you were summoned there to be a witness of something that happened, you would, you would be a martyr and you wouldn't die for that. You would say what you had to say and then you would go home. But this word takes upon a new meaning when Christianity comes. For those who martyr Christ, those who give witness to Christ, are killed for it because the devil is always trying to silence this witness, trying to silence the name of Jesus. Trying to silence the word of the gospel going forth. The devil hates it and he'll kill to stop it. Now we've seen this warning that Jesus gives come true in the history of the church. In fact, tradition tells us that of all the faithful apostles, all of them except for John were killed for their testimony. And killed in gruesome and terrible sort of ways. I remember at the seminary uh, walking along the hall, they had shields for all of the for all the apostles. And I, I didn't know what they were. I, 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 in fact, I had no idea. And I was looking at one and it was a bowl there with a fire. It looked like someone was cooking stew. And I said, what's that for? And they said, St. Bartholomew, who was boiled so they could peel off his skin. Oh, <laughs> that gives a different picture, doesn't it? Peter, who was crucified upside down. Paul, who was beheaded, wasn't he? All the disciples gave up their life because of their witness, because they were martyrs, because they spoke of Jesus who was risen from the dead. And this wasn't just the first generation of Christians. For the first 250, 280 years of Christian history, there was waves of persecution that would roll through the Roman Empire. Christianity, remember, was illegal or at least not considered an official religion. And part of your duty then, as a Roman citizen, the Romans were pantheists, they worship all sorts of gods, a whole college of gods. Part of your duty as a Roman citizen was to offer a sacrifice to Caesar. You'd go to the Caesar altar, you'd bring a pinch of incense, you'd offer the incense there, and you'd say, Caesar is Lord. And then you'd go about your business. But the Christians refused. Jesus is Lord, they would say. And they would refuse to offer this sacrifice to Caesar. And this was a capital offense. It was high treason. It was punishable by death. This is how the early Christians end up tied to the stake, being burned alive. It's how they end up, ended up in the mouths of the lions. It's because they refused to worship anyone or anything but Jesus. They knew that there was no salvation 
in any place but here, that there was no hope under, under heaven, under any name that was except for Jesus' name. And they were willing to risk everything, even to be killed for their faith in Him. And this, we begin to realize, was their great honor. These early Christians, says the book of Acts, rejoiced because they were counted worthy by God to suffer for the name of Jesus. And, dear saints, their witness, their martyrdom is a great comfort for us. We know, Paul says it, that if Christ is not raised from the dead, we of all people are the most to be pitied. But Jesus is raised from the dead. And one of the sure ways that we know He's raised from the dead is the witness of the apostles. Not just because they spoke of the resurrection and preached of the resurrection and wrote about the resurrection, but because they died for the resurrection of Jesus. There is a slander that's both ancient and modern that says that the disciples invented the resurrection of Jesus so that they could start their own little cult and that people would follow them. And they could be the, you know, bishops of their own new religion. But this theory breaks down precisely at the point of the disciples' death. Who would die for a lie? As soon as they tied you up to the stake and brought out the box of matches, or took out the axe and started sharpening it to cut off your head, or tied you up to throw you in the boiling water so they could peel your skin off. You'd say, now, fellas, let's take it easy. Let's not be hasty. Me and the boys thought this would be fun to invent the story of the resurrection. We were just horsing around. You know, you don't need to kill us now. We'll tell you where the body is. But they didn't. They, they let themselves be handed over to the worst type of violent death, all the while having the resurrection of Jesus on their lips. These apostles went joyfully to their deaths, knowing that they too would be partakers of Jesus' resurrection. And in the end, this is a gift that Jesus gives to us all. Jesus, like He put the word of His resurrection into the mouths of His apostles, so He does for us. And He does this that we would have the certainty that He is risen from the dead, And that our neighbors would have that certainty that Jesus is risen from the dead. That we and the world would all know that the death of Jesus avails before the Father for our sins. That we would know without question and without doubt that Jesus died and rose and ascended for us and that our families would know it and our neighbors would know it and all the world would be filled with the name of Jesus and the knowledge of His resurrection. Now, in a lot of ways, we uh, today, in the year 2012, have it easy. It's not illegal for us to speak the name of Jesus. There's nothing illegal about us gathering here to hear the Scriptures and to pray and to have the Lord's Supper, at least not here in the United States. We know that this is not true throughout the world. 
and especially in Muslim and communist countries, where it's illegal to be a Christian, to have a Bible, where it's illegal to be baptized, and there are people, thousands, that are in jail and that are suffering and that have the threat of martyrdom hanging over their head, suffering for the name of Jesus. And we pray for these faithful witnesses constantly in the prayer of the church. Perhaps even in our own day, a wave of persecution will reach this place, will reach the United States, before the Lord comes. But for now, our nation, the United States, has the distinction of being one of very, very few countries that has never had in its history a Christian martyr. That is, someone sentenced for a capital offense because they were a Christian. And we pray that this distinction will continue. But still, but still, we fight against the devil. And we fight against the world who rage against the gospel. Still, there is persecution and trouble brought to the Christian. It's a strange thing, and I don't know if you've noticed this in your own lives, but I certainly do at, in mine, that it's a strange thing that it's such a difficult thing to talk to people about Jesus. It seems like a fantastically awkward thing for us to forgive somebody's sins. It's interesting to me that inviting a a neighbor to church is an embarrassing sort of thing to do. And why is it? Perhaps we're afraid. Perhaps we're lazy. I, I know that when we remember the boldness and the sacrifice of the apostles and the martyrs that have gone before us, that we're a bit ashamed, that we're a bit ashamed of this. But we are forgiven. Jesus died. Jesus died even for your silence. He died for all of your sins, including the embarrassment that you have of him. <laughs> and we have the rejoicing and the good news that he's not embarrassed of he's not embarrassed of us. In fact, this text that stands before us is testimony of that. Look, says Jesus. I will give you my spirit. I will give you my name. I will give you the testimony of my apostles and disciples and my martyrs. I will give you my word. I will give you my forgiveness. I will give you myself. I will give you the joy of my resurrection and all the gifts of heaven. All of these are for us, timid Christians, cowardly Christians. All of these gifts are for us. And we now stand, by the name of Jesus, we now stand as recipients of His gifts, of His Spirit, who He says will always testify of His name. We stand in the assurance of His resurrection, knowing that we too will be raised. We stand in the assurance of His ascension, knowing that we too are seated with Him at the right hand of the Father. We stand in the assurance of His cross, knowing that all of our sins are died for. And dear saints, by this, by His gifts, by His confidence, when the time is right, we too will confess His name. And we too will confess His goodness. And we too will stand to be counted as the children of God. We will, by His strength and His gift, be given the honor of making the good witness ourselves. And in this, 
as in all the gifts of Jesus, as in all the gifts of His resurrection, we rejoice. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.